I'm so, so glad you could all join us this evening. On this Friday evening, <clears throat> let me clear my throat a little bit, I'd like to humbly welcome you all to the 130th episode of Three Beers Day. My name is Dom, and this is a little podcast with a lot of love um, about beer. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say I'm gonna say a little thing every time that I... Um, introduce the show and stuff like that. I am very, 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 very glad that people are still listening and still enjoying the show, even though I'm doing it at a weird, different times. You know, this isn't Thursday. <clears throat> means it's going to be coming out the weekend and whatnot, which is um, odd for some folks. I, mean, I don't know about odd, but it's definitely not what is uh, normal for <clears throat> for our show. It was always a Thursday evening get you through your Friday show, but I gotta stop doing this. I gotta stop messing with the meta. If that's the, is that the word I'm looking for? The meta? I know the, the, the word meta comes out a lot in different <coughs> excuse me, in different areas and stuff like that, but anyway. It's episode 130. It's Friday night. I really hope everyone enjoyed their three-day weekend if they had it. Some people had to work. That sucks if you had to work. <clears throat> Really cool episode tonight, um, doing something a little bit different. I haven't had any of this beer, and uh, I've been having the show beer kind of like before I do the show and then during the show, and then we talk about it, but uh, this type, this this specific beer I wanted to have with you guys to give you a unique perspective and a unique uh, take on it when I, when I had it for the first time you know, have it with you guys. Uh, it's exciting because it's the other brewery that's on Staten Island, which is where this podcast is located, which is where I'm located. And it's the Killsborough Brewery, which is uh, very interesting. I'm going to get into that later because there's a whole bunch to, uh, to to dive into when it comes to that, uh, that place. And I got some uh, great beer articles. Uh, and you too can eat hoe cakes to your delight. Join me, friends. Join me as we go down this road that we call Three Beers In. I'm having a great night so far, a great Friday night. I just got back from the beer garden, which is right down the road here. Uh, got off the bus, met my wife there. Well, she met me there. I was there already when she came down. What a great happy hour. Let me tell you. It's half off all the appetizers except the fried galamad. Which, okay, fine, you know, fried galamad. half price appetizers. Buy one, get one free beer. Okay, they got a pretty good selection of craft beer down there. And I wanted to... I really wanted to go crazy... But I knew in the back of my head I had to come down here and do a show, so I didn't want to have too much beer and then come down here and get extra sloppy as I drank the uh, the beers that we have from Killsborough here tonight, which are the Hang Glider, uh, Hang Glider by Killsborough, which is a New England-style IPA. I'm going to look at the can. I, I think they may have labeled it a little bit differently. But I'm really going to dive deep into this beer and to the beers that they have on their site. I'm going to have to bring their site up on my phone here. Like I said, one-man show, working off my telephone, don't have really any internet, don't have any really any internet down here right now. Either way, <clears throat> uh, and we're going to talk about hoe cakes, also known as mush cakes. I'm really going to get into that later. So anyway, so I'm at Beer Garden, and best happy hour there is. Buy one, get one beer. Half-price appetizers. The appetizers are pretty darn good. And then, uh, you know, they have specials and stuff like that. And um, I start off with some Bell's Amber Ale, which is a really... Uh, a Bell's a Two-Hearted Ale, I'm sorry. Which, like I said, I see it all the time. I said last week, the last show that we had, I'm not sure if it was last week. I'm all over the place, guys, by the way. I'm so sorry about that. But the last show that I had, I was talking about Bells. I believe um, my cousin actually texted me, uh, you know, this past weekend and was like, oh my god, 
dude, um, Old Nation Brewery, I think it was Old Nation, Old Nation Brewery, if it's not Old Nation, my bad, and uh, Hop Slam. Bells, they are all in Michigan, which is where he's at right now. And uh, I was like, I totally didn't mean it, but I definitely had a Michigan jam-packed beer situation. By the way, drank all the M43. Sorry, not sorry. It was that fucking good. And I drank all the Hop Slam. So I'm not going to be reviewing it on the show. It's not going to make it to the show, but it's a unique beer that I had myself. And it's absolutely fantastic if you can get your hands on it, wherever you're listening. If you're in the Staten Island area, the New York area, Brooklyn area, New Jersey area, see if it's available. I know it was at that Super Buy Right in Newark. <clears throat> you would be doing yourself a, a favor if you were to get it. Uh, anywho, so... What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, I'm at the beer garden. I drank all that beer. So, yeah. I, I start off with the Bells. Bells is now on my radar. It's official. Because, like I said, I tried to stray away from them because they had the Samuel Adams, like, effect, I called it. Where it's like, you see this craft beer out for so long. Like, you see this company out there for so long. You kind of put it on the same uh, pedestal or category as the macros and that's not fair oops drop my headphone that's not fair to this brewery because they're very dedicated and independent so i started off with the bells two-hearted which is what i always saw in the stores but never decided to have and i'm lucky and i'm really happy that i did it has a hop slam feel to it but there's no honey and it does scale back on the hops quite a bit. It's a very malty um, ale from what I was uh, drinking off the tap there. And it was very, very pleasant. And, it, you know, it, it made me kind of like revisit how I feel about Hop Slam, uh, sort of. You know, it, it still wasn't d- d- as dank as I would have liked it to be. But like I said, I don't know if it's because it's been flooded, the, the market's been flooded with so many um, different beers that uh, are so hop forward. And this one maybe just is uh, not ahead of that. It, it, you know, the curve is caught up, so to speak. But anyway, moving along. So I started off with that, and then I had I finished it up with a flagship Kolsch. I wanted to have another Staten Island brewery beer. You know, that's another thing, too. I've been, uh, you know, in a couple of Staten Island-based bars. Killsboro, uh, you know, taps aren't really out there. I want to I wanna maybe reach out to these guys, talk to them, maybe interview them on the podcast... Because what's the... I mean, you know, I really enjoy Flagship. I'm going to talk about the differences between the two breweries that I observed today. Uh, You know, and I I really love Flagship, so I'm not trying to say anything bad about them or anything bad about Killsboro for that matter. I don't know yet. Never had a beer from them before. But I think that also plays into what I'm trying to talk about in terms of their exposure. I really don't see them around, but I do see uh, a decent amount of Flagship all over the island. I mean, every bar that I've been to in the last uh, couple of years, I mean, there's not many, you know, non, you know, I've been to, uh, you know, a few local places and they've got flagship on tap. So kind of, kind of makes you wonder, but I don't know. That's not for me to decide or anything like that, but <clears throat> who walks in, but longtime friend of the show, great friend in real life, great friend all around and an overall great guy. Rob DeVito just storms on in and sits at the table with me and my wife. I was like, holy mackerel, look at you. You're here. He's like, yeah, I'm looking for Steve. And I was like, I've been asking around. I don't know where he is. He was going to meet his friends there. And uh, we had a little bit of a chit chat, a little bit of a powwow. Uh, My wife ate sugary uh, treats in front of his face, which I thought was maybe a little bit offensive, but I think he he was okay with it. He took it in stride, which is the type of guy that Rob DeVito happens to be. 
we had a little bit of a uh, you know memory lane to, uh, reminiscing, looking at his dog on Instagram, Chino the Beaniest Beano Boy. And then we talked about Game of Thrones, which uh, I'm pretty excited about. I have a Game of Thrones barrel-aged uh, ale from Oma Gang that I'm going to do. I think I'm going to do it the Sunday of the season premiere. You know, if my baby hasn't been born yet, that's going to be tough to navigate that. Try to, like, do that show, have a baby, watch the show. I'm going to try to, you know, navigate that and stuff like that. But we were talking about... Uh, how we think the show is going to end, and and then we were talking about the uh, we had a group chat of a whole bunch of Game of Thrones people who were really into it and stuff, and I'm gonna, we're going to fire that back up, and I think I'm going to call it the Long Night. And those of you that are um, Game of Thrones fans, that is the mythical, crazy time where like I think everybody got killed by White Walkers. Or no, 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 they they um well obviously they beat the White Walkers with fire. I think I don't know. I got to really dive back into the lore of the whole thing because the, uh, whatchamacallit, the I mean, they beat them before, sorta I don't know if they beat them or it just got warm you know, it got warm out and then they, like, just died or something, because, I mean, the winter that's coming, like, the winter is coming situation, is like you know, what helps the White Walkers get around, but I'm not gonna dive too, too deep into the Game of Thrones chatter, because uh, this isn't necessarily a Game of Thrones show right now. You know, it might be in the future, maybe I could talk about episodes that I, that we watch, you know, do some notes about them and discuss them on, on the, on the podcast, and then see what our predictions are and see if Monday morning I was right. So here I am, I'm gonna go deep into the cooler, and I'm gonna get the beer out of here. Oh, I should have took them out of the thingy beforehand. So please bear with me here, ladies and gentlemen. It might get loud. Let me pause this so it doesn't. it's not too loud for you guys. Okay, yeah, that would have been way too loud for you guys. It was clicking and clacking like crazy. It was one of those, um, what do you call those? The four-pack tall boy can holder thingamajigs and stuff like that. Uh, so pretty excited about this, uh, this uh, episode with this beer. Let me bring the music down just a little bit so we can uh, we can really hear what I'm talking about here. I have everything on my phone, you know, everything that I was going to talk about. So the Killsboro site, uh, killsboro.com, uh, it's a pretty straightforward site. It says Killsboro uh, Brewing Company. It says check out our beers. And there's a very, very long list of beers and then uh, ways that we can contact them and contact them for uh, keg information. So, uh, like I said, this week uh, is the first time we'll be having uh, Killsboro. To review and tonight we have hang glider an ipa brewed with oh this is what they say on the website uh it's hang glider ipa brewed with oats simcoe azeka and man mandarina bavaria hops it's 6.8 alcohol by ooh, the aroma right off the bat that smells pretty good uh 6.8 alcohol by volume i'm gonna pour it into the glass right now i haven't had it yet and um i want to have it for the first time with uh, you lovely lovely people of my show right here right now so poured it out dumped it in there uh hang glider it's called it's got a very very just pleasant label it's like a very peaceful looking label kind of like a really just like a take this beer on the beach type label hang glider new england india pale ale so they just flat out say it uh about us oh it's on the can the about us oh and oh this is really neat too 
They have um, labeled on the can, on the label itself, in the same font as the rest of the can. It says canned on 129.19, so this is pretty fresh. It's not even a month old yet. It says here about us, Killsboro. Uh, Killsboro is a 10-barrel brew pub just blocks away from the Staten Island Ferry. Our mindset is simple, experiment and brew small. We specialize in delicate IPAs, approachable sours, and decadent stouts. That's pretty exciting to read. And there it says Killsboro Brewing Company located uh, at 60 Van Duzer Street, Staten Island, New York, 10300. It says here, brewed in New York City by New Yorkers. And it says here, nycbrew.com. Think NY, drink NY is the hashtag. That's pretty interesting and cool right there, too. Has the warning for the pregnant women not to have it. And uh, I really, really like this, uh, this presentation here. Now let's go to the smell here of this beer. It immediately got, immediately when I opened it, the can, got a rush of hoppy uh, aroma. And that, and that really, really, really was like, whoa. And it's, a, it's got a dank smell to it, which I think is really, really neat. It's a pale, 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 uh, hazy yellow, or almost like a white. It's, it's very, very pale. Um, it's, it's got a very interesting color to it. It's not like your mimosa-colored uh, New England-style IPAs that you usually see that are out right now. But I really, really like the color that we have here. Uh, I think we're going to get some decent lacing on the glass as well. Really deep into the aroma here. It's like a passion fruity. Oh, boy. Guava fruity smell here. Mm. It's It smells real fruity, which I think is really, really interesting here. Almost like almost like a citrusy, fruity smell here. But I, I was uh, reading about it. So uh, unlike the flagship's website, it's, it's a bit short, and there's not going on, uh, not much going on in terms of like getting to know the brewery and the brewers and the like. So if you look at flagship, and like I said, this is not a knock on either one of these guys or either one of these um, breweries. I mean, right now, just so far how this beer, in terms of the aroma, I'm going to be, I think I'm going to really, really enjoy it. Uh, but it seems as if like there's just a, a, a different, different characteristics in terms of like how they're presenting themselves so in the can right here it says that they're just a, a very like small batches small brews you know uh, our mindset is simple experiment and brew small which i think i can respect it seems almost as if flagship like i said no disrespect to anybody because i really enjoy flagship and i think they're top-notch guys i met with them they're fantastic people they're family men and they're really 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 awesome uh, it seems like they're brewing beer for the masses. It seems like they're out there to get some good, quality, delicious craft beer out to Staten Islanders. And it seems like maybe Killsboro is just trying to brew small and brew small but well. So let's see what happens here. So there's a, they have a very eclectic list of beers in their repertoire here. So, so they have some very interesting ingredients uh, from what I'm reading here. Uh, but I do like that they put the hops uh, variations on their site. Uh, I think it's really, really helpful for fans of craft beers to get an idea of like what they're tasting. You know, when you're able to see what type of hops and stuff that are going into these delicious beers uh, that are that are brought to us, uh, brought to market. I think it's really, really cool. Uh, it says here. <clears throat> It says here that they're using uh, Mandarina Bavaria hops in this particular IPA. So uh, as I was looking at the site here, uh, mosaic hops pop up a lot. And these uh, Mandarina Bavaria. So 
uh, these are the ones that are that are in the hang glider here, and in a couple of other uh, variations of uh, IPAs that they have here. And according to uh, morebeer.com, this is a this particular variation of hop is fairly new, and uh, this is what they write on their website. Uh, released in 2012, this is a this is one of the brand new hops from Germany that is making craft brewers around the globe take notice. Mandarina. Mandarina, I think, yeah, Mandarina is the correct way to say it. It is extremely limited and high in demand uh, for all kinds of beer styles. It is known uh, with being used in IPAs, saisons, you name it. It's known for having a fruity, citrusy, mandarin-orange flavor, hence the name. And it's a daughter hop of Cascade grown in Germany and is also said to have a slightly enhanced sweetness. But I got to tell you, I'm really, really stoked to try this beer out and hopefully it will start. It will be the start of something great for me to get to Killsborough and to see what exactly they have um, in store. So here's some other um, beers that they have available at Killsborough. They have a Hype Man, which is a cream ale dry hop with Huel melon hops uh, better times a table beer using French Saison yeast and dry hop with Mandarina Bavaria and Azaka hops uh, just some of the things that we're seeing. we got this one right here reality checks is a double dry hopped double IPA with Simcoe mosaic hops uh, loads of familiar hop characters like passion fruit apricot trap a few fruits. so there's uh, let me see there was one that like popped out to me that I said that was interesting oh yeah right here the uh, Bellini brute I mean, I was just talking about this a couple weeks ago. The Brute IPAs. Boom. Killsborough had one. I didn't even know it was right in my backyard. Got to pay attention, Dom. It's right in your backyard. Craft brew right here. Brute IPA dry hopped with Citra, Amarillo, Mosaic, and conditioned on peach puree, which I think is really, really interesting. I would love to give that a try. I really, really would. Um, they got an op- uh, Midnight Snacks, an oatmeal porter conditioned on toasted coconut. Very, very interesting. And they got a sour here that says... Um, uh, it's a sour ale with kiwi, strawberry, vanilla beans, and lactose. Tiramisu munchies. Hello. Imperial stout brewed with lactose and conditioned on cacao. Cacao? I don't know how to say that word. Nibs and coffee beans. Really, really interesting stuff here, guys. If you just if you go through their website, you're going to find some really interesting variations of uh, of hops that they're using in here. And, and the one that's appearing a bit is this Mandarina Bavaria. And I've never had that before, so I'm going to really give this... Um, I mean, I really like the smell of this beer. I'm going to give it a shot now. Wow. That's flavorful. Very, very flavorful. Very interesting. Oh, a nice dry finish. A nice bitterish dry finish in the back end. So there's a, there is a fruity, ooh, it's really creeping up now. Very earthy and dry finish that I really, really enjoy. Something that I was not expecting with this type of um, IPA. Oh boy, that is that is something that makes you want to sip it again. Oh. Very cool. Really nice. It's like almost like a blood orange bitterness in the front. That could be the... Oh, there's such an earthiness to this beer. Almost like a stone fruit earthiness in the middle of it. And it kind of mellows out in the back, and then all of a sudden it creeps up again with some bitterness. This is a very interesting beer. Mmm. I do enjoy this. Mmm. I'm almost also getting like a wet grass flavor. Also in that back end. Because it's very... I'm get a towel here. I got a lot of... <laughs> it's very dusty towel. Jesus. I should get paper towels down here. It is also a basement, so I have to <coughs> be aware of that. Mm. Anyway, where was I? 
a very very interesting um, back end flavor here that I that I am actually really really enjoying. Um, let me try to re just reestablish myself here. The, the fucking dust from this towel got me good. It's gonna have good burps too. This beer, I could tell. I could tell. So there's a that mangoish, citrusy, but sweet fruit in the beginning of the beer immediately hits your tongue with the sweetness, which is very very pleasant and something that you I think I think people strive for when they have a um, New England style IPA. Unlike every single one of the New England style IPAs that I've had, such as I'm going to say the M43 that I just had over this weekend and the weekend before that, never have I had a New England style IPA that has this bitterness to it. So if you are a a bitterness freak, I guess that's a terrible word to use there, bitterness freak. But if you're a person who's really into bitter beers, you know that has um, that type of um, Ooh, very, very, very pleasant finish here. A dry finish and a very bitter finish. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I give this a 9 out of 10 because for me, the New England style IPAs, I really cherish the the juiciness of them and the and the haziness of them and the sweetness of them and the and the and the and the hop characteristics that are there too. Uh, this one has a I, I wasn't necessarily in the mood for a dry uh, a bitterish back end uh, here but it's there and it's and it's very very good very very pleasant and I enjoy it I have another one mm. that's good that's real good almost like a grapefruit quality you know after the sweetness there's a grapefruit type bitterness you know that you get when you have a I guess the, I mean, duh, the bitterness of a grapefruit. That's what I'm getting. That's what my palate is picking up on. But, um, dude, it's been a while, but we got one. Well, we, not like that. We don't have one of those. But we have we have ourselves a suds, ladies and gentlemen. That's correct. Talk about knocking it out of the park on the first try, ladies and gentlemen. Killsborough Brewing Company Hang Glider, New England Style India Pale Ale, 6.8 alcohol by volume, which you don't get at all. Located right here in Staten Island. Go your go, go out and get one, man. They're at Beverage Island. Killsborough nailed it, man. Yeah. I really like that. I really like this beer. This is a scrumptious one. I'm actually quite surprised. I, I didn't... Okay, I'll be honest with you. I had expectations. I don't know if they were high or not, but they were expectations. I, I really like the New England style IPA, the Northeastern style IPA. I didn't really want to do this one just yet. I've been sitting on this for like two weeks. Very uncomfortable to sit on four cans for two weeks. It comes in the four tall boy cans, by the way. Mm. That's a good beer. That is a good beer. And there is lacing, ladies and gentlemen. It's a very, very nice lacing going on here. I am impressed. I like it. You're going to hear a lot of pauses in this show. I tried to, I tried telling you guys, when you're a one-man show, you have to stop to drink the beer. This is a beer that I'm going to keep on drinking, and I got a hell of a lot more um, in the pike here, and I'm super, super excited to have more of these. These are really good. Killsboro, you did well. Congratulations, guys. You've done it. You've made it onto three beers in. <laughs> you finally did it. You've made it. You're big time now. Once you're on three beers in, that's it. And it's funny because um, years ago, 
years ago. I make it seem like, you know, <laughs> old timer here. A while back when um, we were first started as a podcast, when we had no listeners, we thought it would be a great idea to try to reach out to all the breweries and be like, hey, be on our show, be on our show. Killsboro was one of the places, and uh, they weren't very, very easy to get in touch with. And they do seem a bit uh, cryptic. I would like to get a little bit more of the backstory in Killsboro and maybe talk about it more on the show and stuff like that. Maybe do talk to them. Uh, maybe that is something that we can... Uh, we can work on uh, later on. So uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a bathroom break. It might be a little early for that. It might not. Who knows? But um, I also have a load of baby clothes in the wash. Yep, I'm going to be a dad, so i got to do baby things. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to go. It's not a bathroom break. It's a take the baby clothes out of the washer and put them in the dryer break. So that's actually going to be something that happens more frequently. Excuse me. What's uh what's gonna be happening more frequently uh, on this show? It's gonna be a it's gonna be an excuse for me to get into the basement, uh, drink beer, talk to you guys, and I could be like, hey, I'm washing baby's clothes. That's the thing you gotta do, and then you know that's how I get the show to uh, stay going on. So hang tight, real quick. It's gonna fit for me. I got work to do, but for you, it's gonna feel like just a second. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Three Beers In. <clears throat> Thank you for waiting. Thank you for listening to a little bit of a tune. Really appreciate everyone who who likes us on Facebook, who listens to us every week. I see who's out there. I see the amount of people who tune in and go to our website and stuff. It's really, really encouraging and really, really awesome that I got to see all of you wonderful, wonderful people are still listening. It's, it's just so fantastic. Um... Special shout out to, to Pete Sullivan because he he shared an article that I was going to read about on the show. So I'm going to give him credit for it because he shared it on Facebook. Then I shared it on Three Beers In. And that's really, 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 really cool. So thank you all for listening. I really, really and truly appreciate it. So, <clears throat> like I said earlier in the show, I drank all the M43s and all the Hop Slams. Sorry, not sorry. That's something that the kids say, and I'm going to say it right now. I, <clears throat> listen, I was not, I, it's looking at me in the fridge for Christ's sakes, and it's such a fucking good beer. So I'm not going to just sleep on it. I'm going to have it. And I'm really, really excited about these uh, Killsborough beers because they are scrumptious. Ooh. Oh, man. I wanted to keep the show going because... You know, I want to finish it up, but I really want to drink these beers. So anyway, where have I been? Where have I been? <clears throat> so the three-day weekend wiped me out completely. Okay, totally fucked me up. All right, I was all over the place. Monday, you know, worked on Tuesday. Woke up on Wednesday morning. I'm laying in bed. I turn to my wife. And my wife is like, why don't you just stay home today? It's going to snow, and I need you you know, I don't feel so good. Why don't you just stay here? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to call out. I'm going to help you out tonight. I mean, today, because you said she's, she's in a lot. She's very achy and stuff like that. And I really did help her out a lot. And we did a lot around the house. 
especially getting the, the room ready for the baby and stuff. So I called out on Wednesday um, to help my wife, who's very pregnant. So if anyone's listening from the job, I had an ex- I have an excuse. But the cool thing about calling out on my job is when you call out like one day, you got to call out the next day too because when you do two days in a row, it counts as one, which is the greatest deal in the history of like deals that can be made. Okay, you're basically being told if you need to call out, <clears throat> take two days off. Okay, cool. Took off the Wednesday, took off the Thursday. So now I'm off on Thursday. I was going to do a podcast last night. Oh, sorry about that. But uh, I got lazy and I was tired and I was like, I got to be prepared for work on Friday. Frag it. I'm not going to do it. So, <clears throat> interesting enough, uh, I do listen to other podcasts, which is so crazy, right? Who does that? When I was listening to a podcast about the uh, the creation of the Constitution of the United States, so I happen to be a bit of a history buff and a bit of a history nerd, right? Nerd. You're a nerd. And, um... So I'm listening to this podcast about the creation of the Constitution, how the Articles of Confederation was going to fall apart. I'm not going to get into the whole meat and potatoes of the boring history behind it, but I, I'm a student of history. Always have been. I really enjoy it. And uh, I just so happen to listen to podcasts that have Supreme Court stuff, you know, old law, stuff like that, and the Constitution. So one of the interesting things, I was listening to the Constitu- uh, this, uh, you know, how the Constitution came about, and... Uh, um, in lieu of uh, President's Day, I made George Washington's daily breakfast. Yes, I did. So I'm listening to this podcast, and um, lo and behold, they talk briefly about what George Washington's mornings were like, okay? So basically, Georgie Boyd there um, had to go to Philadelphia to sort out this mess, you know, because the country was falling apart, and James Madison's like, please, Georgie, I know you want to just live out in Virginia with you, with you know your plantation, and just hang out with Martha, but I really need you, bro. And wherever George Washington went, okay, <clears throat> in the United States at that time, in those colonies or the states or whatever, there was no human being in the history of this nation that was more loved than George Washington. Anywhere he fucking went, the world stopped. No one went to work, okay? Everyone just stopped what they were doing. They went out in the streets, fucking partied their asses off, fireworks, singing songs, you know, clicking their heels. People would run down the street, jump in the air, click their heels as much as they could before they landed. Like, that's how much joy this man brought to everyone in the fucking world at that point. Sorry, I have to drink this beer. You're gonna have to deal with it. I'm so sorry. So anyway, James Madison knew the the the, the supreme aura of George Washington at that point in time. And he's like, please, Georgie boy, please come to Philadelphia and help me save this union. And it was so funny because um, <clears throat> envoys that were in England at the time were like, oh, the United States is going to fall apart. They can't fucking do it without us. And then they're going to come crawling back to King George and be like, please, George, the King George, not George Washington, but the King, please let us back in. And then King George will be like, uh, think about it. And then after a while, letting him dangle, be like, no, you ain't allowed back in. You know, so <clears throat> it was a very, very troubling time for the United States. And I said I wasn't going to get into it, but I just did. I'm so sorry. Anyway, so I'm listening to this podcast 
And George Washington, his morning routine ca- uh, came up. Morning routine. His morning routine uh, came up. And uh, the podcast basically said, uh, almost verbatim here, and this was... Um, <clears throat> It's written down in historical documents, just like in Galaxy Quest. It says here that Washington would rise well before the dawn, read and write correspondence for an hour or so, and then have his breakfast. Three mush cakes smothered in butter and honey with three cups of tea, no cream or sugar. So what am I going to do with the snow days that I've got? Hell, I'm going to wake up on Thursday morning and emulate George Washington. That's what I'm going to do. That's what this history nerd is going to do. So what did I do? What did I do on Thursday morning? I set my alarm for like five in the morning, well before the sun came up. And what did I do when that alarm went off? I fucking turned it off. And I went back to sleep because George Washington was a great man. And I'm just some guy. Okay? I don't have correspondence to read and write for an hour before breakfast. I'm sorry. I might go on Reddit and look at fucking cats rolling around, especially fat cats, because who doesn't want to see a chubby kitty doing fucking crazy shit? I might do that, but I'm not going to sit there and fucking read and write course. Get the fuck out of here. I don't even pay my bills on time. So anyway, what I do, I fucking snoozed, and I got up at like 10.30 in the morning. Now, that's pretty early for a guy who's off on a snow day, for Christ's sakes. And then I made sure I had all the ingredients to the mush cakes before I started my day. And I should have them on my phone right now, but I'm going to go off the off the top of my head. Okay? And what it takes to make mush cakes. Also known... Oh, shit. Sorry about that. For our southern listeners, because we do have people south of the Mason-Dixon line that listen to this podcast... You may know them as hoe cakes or hoe jacks. That's correct, sir. Or cornmeal pancakes. Whatever you call them, I fucking did this shit. So I got up, I needed cornmeal, baking powder, right? Um, what a flour? I needed flour. The fuck do I ever use flour for any? Never in my life have I used flour. Some sugar, a little nutmeg up in that bitch. You know, and you got to melt uh, almost a half a stick of fucking butter to put in there. Two eggs. And then you whisk the shit out of it. And let me uh, let me be honest here with everybody here, okay? I've never made anything in my life. I'm not a cook. I'm not much of a cook or anything like that. I could whip you up some scramby eggs. Because I YouTubed how Gordon fucking Ramsay did it. And I wouldn't want him yelling at me if I did it wrong. And I do make a good fucking scrambled eggs, I may say so myself, because I've been to scrambled egg stands where a guy in a white hat is making it right in front of you. Whenever you go to like a baptism or a first communion or something, or one of those fucking fancy lunches or brunches, and there's a fucking omelet station, right? And they got the ham over here, the bacon, the sausages, and they're going to make it for you. They make it a little slimy. And I'll make you a fucking scrambled egg a little slimy, but that's about it. So, I, you know, big respect to anybody who makes something from fucking scratch. Because if I ever had to make pancakes like this, you ain't eating fucking pancakes, I'll tell you that much. This was hard. Getting all that shit measured out and ready to go. I'm also trying not to make a fucking mess. But that powder and the cornmeal and the shit, it's going fucking everywhere. I'm not even trying to make a mess, but it is going fuck all everywhere. Okay? It is just getting, everything's getting fucked up. The fucking nutmeg was really, really hard to get out. And then I never even fucking really realized it, but nutmeg smells really fucking good. I was like, holy shit, it kind of smells like Christmas. And a little bit, you know, fall and Christmas smell. 
So I was in a wintry kind of a mood with that. So all of a sudden, I'm then I'm whisking this shit, right? I'm fucking sitting there and I'm whisking the shit out of it, and I'm like, holy Christ, this is fucking terrible. Because when you make pancakes, you get water, you dump the Aunt Jemima in, you take a fucking spoon, you blah, 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 and there you go, dip it into the, put it in the goddamn pan, and you're good to fucking go. Now, this is me making it from scratch. So I was really, really working hard for, for this fucking thing. I was like, this is fucking George Washington here, and, you know? And then I was boiling water for the tea, because I don't have a proper tea kettle, because I really was going colonial on this thing. I was like, I'm going to go open flame on all this shit. Even though, I mean, I'm not in the middle of the woods there with a fire going. Of course, I use the stove. I'm not going to be a complete schlub. Anyway, so I got this stuff. I'm firing it up. Mush capes, they're just coming out, right? So, did I read it? So, yeah, the three cups of tea, no sugar, all that stuff. I get it all good and good, ready to go, right? Make the mush cakes. Apparently, the amount that I made, instead of making three, I made like 23. There's a fuck ton of mush cakes around. Right? So, I, you know, of course, I gave them out to the whole neighborhood. I said, breakfast is on me, everybody. And um, <clears throat> I sit down, and to finish the mush cake situation, you needed to smother it. It was literally said in the in the correspondences, uh, uh, you know, people who biographied uh, Washington there, that it is smothered. Oh, hold on. i got to pause real quick. Hold on. Literally, the mush cakes are smothered in butter and honey. So I'm like, all right. I'll get that part right. So you fry them up just like a pancake would. It came it came out looking like a yellow pancake. And then I fucking... I took... I don't know if this is how you... I, I, I just had this idea in my head. I don't know if this is how it's done. I wasn't going to microwave the butter. Because every time I do that, the it gets so sticky. and Not even sticky. It gets very greasy in the, in the cup. And you got to really like fucking wash that shit like six times. Like I said, I'm having a lazy snow day. I'm not about to fucking wash dishes for an hour and a half. So I took a, a bunch of butter and I put it on the skillet and I melted it in the skillet. And then from there, I just dumped it onto the mush cakes or the hoe cakes rather. So I smothered it in the butter and then I took out, you know, some honey that I had and I just start fucking dousing the shit in honey. Now, for some reason, I was under the impression that I don't know how dumb I, I am, but I am pretty fucking uh, dumb. I take out the honey and I start dumping it like I'm. It's gonna come out like it's fucking maple syrup. It's fucking honey, Dom. It's not gonna. It's not gonna come out like maple syrup would. So I start. I start squeezing the living shit out of this little bear, you know. And the honey is just fucking flowing like you wouldn't believe. And I'm like, I gotta smother this shit. I'm going full Washington. If I could have wooden teeth for this, I'd do it. Thankfully, I don't. So I'm smothering this to, to fucking hell and back. And there it was, right in front of me. The mush cakes. Boom. And what I do, I, I started to eat them. And I'll say this. George Washington had the taste buds of a fucking child. It was the sweetest goddamn thing I've ever had in my fucking life. Of course, there's there's sugar in the cornmeal. Because it called for that, too, with the nutmegs and all that. I, you know, I taste a little bit of the nutmeg. But for fuck's sakes, it was the sweetest thing I've ever had in my life. No wonder there was no sugar and cream in the fucking tea. Yeah, I don't think they knew what diabetes was back then. But I sure as shit, you would have fucking... Put your, you would have blinded yourself by the age of 25 if you ate all that sugar in the morning. Okay? Georgie? I don't even know. How old was he when he fucking died? I gotta look this up. I know that his doctors killed him. They fucking basically bled him to absolute death. George Washington. How old were you? You were in your 60s, right? Fucking hell, man. I mean, that type of a diet? I don't even know what he had for fucking lunch. I'm gonna try to look that up. 
He was 67 when he died. 67. I guess that's pretty young for like today's standards, right? But the guy was a fucking rock star. I can't take anything away from Mr. Washington other than he had the fucking taste buds of a, of a goddamn toddler. I'm pretty sure if he was alive today, the guy would go fucking ape shit for Rice Krispies treat cereal and Captain fucking Crunch. No wonder why his teeth were made of fucking wood. The guy just doused his mouth in honey. So then another thing was, as I was eating them, I started getting sick. You know? I mean, I'm not used to... For breakfast, honestly, my breakfast, the Dom Rebello morning, which one day will be emulated by some other fat man that may be listening to this podcast from the cacophony that I get from it, you know, that now that it's on the internet. So, you know, to, to, you know, 200 years from now, there might be some poor son of a bitch who says, let me have the Dom Rebello breakfast. So what I have for breakfast at the job, okay, I'll have two yogurts and a banana. Okay, that's me. That's my that's my breakfast. Woo. Whoop-de-doo. Do I get a holiday? George Washington. Fucking toddler. You better, you know, a good guy, though. You know, in terms of, like, the stuff that he's done. Right? So much whisking. God damn. My shoulder was cramping up. I was like, fuck me. I'm whisking the shit out of this shit. You know? And then it took forever to cook it because I didn't want to burn them. Because I, I, I know that temperature control is very important when it comes to cooking. A lot of people that don't know how to cook will fuck up the, the temperature fucking situation. Okay? So I'm like, I'm not going to burn the butter. I'm not going to burn these mush cakes. I'm going to make a perfect George Washington breakfast. Is it, does it come recommended by me? Absolutely fucking not. Do not ever have a George Washington breakfast. It wasn't that bad. Okay, let me not go crazy. It's just the effort that went into it wasn't, wasn't worth it. And I guess, I don't know, you didn't have maple syrup back then? Did they just, uh, I mean, Canada was our enemy or something, right? Wasn't there an Indian, French and Indian War, right? I guess maybe George Washington didn't have the, the maple syrup on principle. Because I think during the French and Indian War, the guy fought like 300 Canadians. And he's like, fuck these Canuck sons of bitches. I'm never going to have a maple-leafed fucking meal pancake ass. That or just maybe it hadn't uh, been introduced to the United States yet. Anywho, anywho, I'm going to now move on to the beer news portion of the show. So I have the um, I have the articles lined up on my phone here, but I'm going to have to first hold on here. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm going to go on Facebook. I'm going to go to the article that I shared, which got lots of likes here. Uh, this is from oh, let me put on the beer music. There we go. That's the that's I like that. That's the beer news music. So, um, this is from Vine Vine Pear. Uh, it's an article, and uh, it was shared by Pete Pete Sullivan, and I shared it to Three Beers In because I was going to read this, and I'm going to read it right now. So, a 133 year old sh- uh, shipwreck beer reincarnated by a New York brewery, which is so fucking crazy. So, last week's report of a New York brewery teaming up with a nearby university to reincarnate a 133-year-old shipwrecked beer went viral. And actually, you know what? Hold on. So, okay. Pete shared this article. But the article I had queued up was the article that went viral. I didn't get to read it on the show. I was going to I was going to read it on the show. Basically, it was they were going to try to make this beer from the shipwreck. And you know, and so now that apparently they've done it. So, Serious Brewing Company of Howe's Cave, 
Hove's Cave or Hove's Cave, New York, and the State University of New York at Cobble Skill. Cobble Skill. Cobble Skill announced uh, plans to extract and analyze yeast from the beer, which was discovered off the coast of Long Island in the wreckage of the SS Oregon. Uh, this, the discovery was exciting, but it turns out it already happened. St. James Brewery of Hallbrook, Long Island, is already working on a similar project with beer bottles from the very same shipwreck. Oh my god, it's a race to the finish. According to Syracuse.com, St. James Brewery owner Jamie Adams, who had been diving on the USS Oregon shipwreck for 20 years, planned to debut his own reincarnation of the 1800s-era English ale at New York State Brewers Fest on March 9th. I want to know where the fuck that is, because I might want to go to that. Probably far away, though. Anyway, Adams said the brewery held off on publicly announcing the beer, uh, the beer until it was ready. Now it's ready, he said. What a quote. Adams and Sirius Brewing owner uh, Bill Felter were able to amicably resolve the issue with Sirius Brewing. Has scrapped... Oh, Sirius Brewing has scrapped the plans to resurrect the brew. Interesting. Felter had reportedly received the bottle from a customer who also collects artifacts from the SS Oregon. He took the bottle uh, to SUNY Cobble Skills Biotechnology Lab, where students are working to extract and analyze the yeast. Uh, Felter even took a swig. The taste was like barley wine vinegar cider, uh, he said. It was acidic. Uh, we're just hoping uh, some of the yeast survived. Oh, I guess he took a swig from the 133-year-old uh, bottle. And it did, okay? And at the time of the shipwreck, uh, it did uh, 100, uh, 851 of the ship's 852 passengers. Interesting. So almost everyone survived the ship uh uh, sinking, except one poor son of a bitch. Uh, the SS Oregon departed uh, departed from Liverpool, England, in 1886. Was headed to New York City. Uh, it crashed into a schooner uh, near Fire Island. AP reports. Adams may be the first brewer to discover the SS Oregon bottles, but beer was common cargo in past centuries. In 2016, divers found a 220-year-old uh, beer off the coast of Australia which was recreated by James Squire Craft Brewers. In uh, 2018, a 150-year-old bottle of Tenant's beer, originally found in the 1970s near Melbourne, was returned to its rightful home in Well Park Brewery in Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, wow. And uh, last week uh, on land, 113-year-old beers were found under the floorboards of former brewery in Viborg, Denmark. Yes! We we read that article right here on Three Beers and check us out. Oh my god. We're telling you guys the beer news. That's what this segment is all about. That's what this segment's all about, the beer news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we do have another uh, couple of articles here. Let me just take a I have to drink this beer. So sorry. Ask me which app to use every time. No, thank you. We're gonna use this one. Just talking to my phone, ladies and gentlemen. Some thirst for justice. Stop the music for this. Some thirst for justice, huh? I read this article and I got a little mad. Okay? Because one of the... If, you're, if, if you've been in the craft brew community, you know anything about craft beers and stuff like that, and you're into, like, the, the stories of them, the lore of them, everyone knows, everybody knows, that Blue Moon got sued for a lot of money. Pretty sure they settled. But anyway... They got sued because people thought that they were getting authentic beer from Belgium. And they weren't. 
Okay? They weren't. So guess who's getting sued now, ladies and gentlemen? Kona Brewing Company. Kona Brewing Company, who gives you these beers such as the Big Wave Golden Ale, the Hanalei Island IPA, the Longboard Island Lager, and the Wailua Wheat. Some poor, poor person out there in the United States thought that they were having a delicious beer from Hawaii. Longtime Kona Brewing Company fan Simone Zimmer thought she was getting a Hawaii-brewed rather than Hawaii-themed beer when she picked up an Island Hopper Variety 12-pack a few years ago at a real tailor near her home in San Bernardino, California. San Bernardino, California. That was a botch. San Bernardino, California. Thank you. The tropical beer fantasy is what Kona wanted her to see with labels bearing colorful images of waves, erupting volcanoes, and other evocative island scenes, as well as a map showing the location of the company's Kalua Kona Brewery on the Big Island. So not only, and pardon me for slurring a little bit here, but we've had a couple, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to hear a little noise here. Hold on. Oh, wait, no, you won't. We've had a couple. But not only did this... i got to look up who... Who actually makes the car? I think it's... Is it... Is it... It's not Sam Adams. Kona is owned by a big brewery. And I guess... How the fuck they didn't see this coming. Especially... If it's the same parent company as Blue Moon, I'm going to blow my top. Kona Brewing Company. Because I think... I really think they're owned by a... By a bigger brewery. And I'm going to... I'm going to lose my absolute shit if it... Hang on here. Let's see. Kona. Oh, God. Wait a minute now. It says that it's located... How? It says that it's located in Kalua Kona, Hawaii, Big Island. What? What? Wikipedia? Are you lying to me? Uh, oh. Okay. It's from Portland, Oregon. And New Hampshire as well. So, they lied. It's not the same. Craft Brewer Alliance Incorporated? Who are you? Whoa. Okay. Now I'm like all over the place here. I really hate to be reading this on the air here. Okay. So, it was, at one point, Hawaii's largest brewery uh, in the spring of 1994. But since then... It is no longer of that. And based on these representations, Ms. Zimmer believed that each of the... This is great. This is such a lawyer sentence here. Ms. Zimmer believed that each of the Kona Brewing Company beers she purchased was brewed in Hawaii, according to the complaint filed in 2017 against Kona owner Craft Brew Alliance Incorporated. However, unbeknownst to Ms. Zimmer... The Kona Brewing Company beers she purchased were not brewed in Hawaii, but instead were brewed in the continental United States. The still-brewing Kona-class action lawsuit isn't the only to emerge in recent years by consumers claiming false or misleading advertising by beer brands. Foster's faced it for being Aussie for beer. 
in name only, Red Stripe for faking a Jamaican accent when hanging with U.S. fans, and in 2015, InBev agreed to pay out more than $20 million to settle such a suit, reimbursing up to $50 per household in the United States consumers who thought that Bex was brewed in Germany. Sons of bitches. And in more recent settlements, consumers of Asahi, 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 Super Dry, or Asahi Select, who bought beers thinking that they were imported from Japan rather than having it made by Molson in Canada. Whoa. Oh, you have till May 3rd to file a claim. And you might get uh, $10 back. But still, what? We haven't learned our lessons, everybody? We haven't learned that when you... Oh, shit. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Uh, yeah, what? We haven't learned our lesson, ladies and gentlemen? That when you fucking fake it, when you fake that your beer is from Jamaica or from Belgium or from Hawaii, you're just doing a disservice to the people and you're going to get fucking sued. So guess what? If you're going to brew a beer, say where it's from and be where it's from. You know? If you're going to be about it, be about it. And anyway, so the next article I was going to read, and this is the one I had queued up, beer from 1886 shipwreck may yield a new brew. I'm not going to read it again. Because this one's from the AP and Cobbleskill, New York. Cobble, Cobbles Kill or Cobble Skill? We'll never know. We'll never know. So what else we have here? We got one more. And this one's going to be tough because it's from Poland. Shit. I agree. Ah, researchers working on beer brewed with forgotten Polish variety of hops. What? High hop beers brewed exclusively with Polish ingredients prepared using forgotten Polish variety of hops are being developed by a scientist from the University of Agriculture in Krakow. The brewing technology will also be environmentally friendly. Oh, that's good. This is a pretty cool article, and I'm going to read it uh, in full here. According to estimates, around 2 billion hectoliters of beer are produced annually worldwide, about $60 per one inhabitant of the earth. The largest amount of beer about 140 liters per person per year is consumed in the Czech Republic and in Poland it's about 100 liters per person it's a lot of fucking beer Dr. Marek Dr. M from the University of Agriculture in Krakow reminds reminds okay so this has obviously been translated because it says sciencepoland.pl so it's, it's going to be weird English here. Um, reminds that for a very long time until 2011, lager-style beers dominated the Polish market. They were less aromatic drinks. Hopping, which gave the beer its aroma, is delicate. It is different in the cases of ales produced in the upper fermentation. They include increasingly popular wheat beers, or for example... India Pale Ale, says Dr. M. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, the scientist has just started work on developing typically Polish types of ale. He works with an interdisciplinary team composed of a chemist, microbiologist, engineer, and technologist. Pause for sip. Okay. Quote, the developmental... The, the, the development process... Of production technology is typically Polish styles of beer is very ambitious undertaking mainly in terms of science and practical application this is fucking hard man what it, Polish does not do well here 
Until now, little attention in research has been paid to Polish. High hop beer styles. And not very comp... I'm trying to pour beer and read Polish at the same time. That's a beer show, ladies and gentlemen. I did good. No overflow. High hop beers are not very common because they require more time-consuming process, which is rewarded in deep aroma. Fuck me. I don't think I could read this anymore. So basically, they're, they're, they found old hops in fucking German, uh, Poland, and they're trying to they're trying to brew beer with it. Kind of, kind of the same way that uh, the people finding shipwrecks and beers under floorboards are trying to trying to uh, recreate uh, the beers of old. So, excuse me, this show is falling apart very, very slowly. So, I am going to read the email that we have for this week, which means, do I have it on here? No. Shit. I thought I had this. Uh... All right. We got an email. We only got one. So. We, we got one. We got one. Sorry about that. I'm like an old man with this fucking phone sometimes. I sit here and I don't even know what I'm doing. Anywho. We got... Oh, fuck off. We got an email here. It's a single email. So therefore... I played the music. I was going to play this music. Uh, you don't even understand. It took me... It took me a while to create this fucking music here. And... Um, Oh, it's playing again. It took it, it took me a while to create this little uh, blurb of music here. And I don't even fucking use it. So we have an email from Mike Baba. Mike Baba. Mike Baba. He says, and it's a very short message, but a message nonetheless. What is your favorite springtime beer? What is my favorite springtime beer? So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that if I'm not going to be having a typical IPA situation, I am going to have none other than a Hefeweizen. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I know you know what I'm talking about. Hefeweizen beers. Ooh, I love the German Hefeweizen beer. And real quick, I'm just going to read you a little bit about that style. And it might might tell you, it might get you to say, I want to have one of these for the springtime. A South German style of wheat beer, Weiss beer, typically made with a ratio of 50% barley to 50% wheat. Sometimes the percentage of wheat is even higher. Hefe means with yeast, hence the beer's unfiltered and cloudy appearance, which, hey, we're having a lot of these hazy IPAs lately. Uh, the particle uh, ale yeast used 
produces unique esters and uh, fennels of banana and cloves with often dry and tart edge, some spiciness, and notes of bubblegum or apples. Half Hawaiians are typically uh, by a little hop bitterness and a moderate level of alcohol, often served with a lemon wedge uh, that's usually popularized by Americans. To cut the wheat or yeasty edge, uh, some may find this uh, a flavorful snap or an insult to the damage of the beer's taste and head retention. So, one of the most popular Hefeweizens are the uh, the is the uh, Weihen Stefana Hefeweiz beer, uh, which is a and also Franziskaner. Franziskaner is a very very popular uh, Hefeweizen uh, beer. <clears throat> so I think uh, for the springtime and summer, my goal is to find me a craft style Hefeweizen. I know that Sierra Nevada has uh, Kellerweiss, which I've never really had, but I do know that all the major German uh, breweries have a Hefeweizen. They have, like, Paul Honor has one, Eyinger has one, uh, you know, uh, Wein Stefana has one, all of them, Hockepschur, you know, every Hofbrau, all of them. They all have uh, their own Hefeweizen. So, I want to find a good, decent, delicious German-style Hefeweizen uh, that I, and that is craft that I could bring onto the show and review right here so that everyone can uh, can can hear about it and in, enjoy it because Hefeweizens are extremely good to have in the springtime and also in the summertime. They're just so darn refreshing. I, and I do believe, I could be wrong, but I think I saw this on uh, on YouTube, which is a very solid site for you know good information. Hefeweizen beers are actually had for breakfast in Germany. So with your sausages, your Wurst, and your eggs, which is you know how you say eggs in German, uh, you have yourself a little Hefeweizen beer. And uh, I was told by a guy who uh, lived in Germany that when you're on an all-time drinking binge, all-time, all-day drinking binge. You will have a Hefeweizen, and you'll cut it with orange juice or uh, some sort of a fruity juice, making some sort of a shandy, but just some way to get some beers down and also get you through. But ladies and gentlemen, I do sincerely appreciate all of you being here with me tonight for Three Beers In. I really appreciate it. I hope you have an excellent week coming up, and I'm going to catch you guys next week. Hopefully, I'll be here on a Thursday. You know, bring you in on the Friday, get you ready for the weekend, hopefully. And uh, with that, I bid you all adieu. Take care, buddy. And cheers. Kills well, nailed it.